I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ball's got to go right. Look out, they may score on this play. Mannering, Johnson decides to come back in field. Johnson gets dancing. Johnson, no way. No way. Johnson has run over to score. This is incredible. This is ridiculous. This is 15 out of 10 of the incredible Buddha. What about the last five minutes? Thank you to the football gods for letting us watch this. Welcome back to the NRL season for 2024 and the return of the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap. I've dusted off the uh, microphone. I'm ready to go for another year. So before I get into it, I just want to say first and foremost, a big shout out to all the avid listeners out there who've listened in the last year uh, for the first year of the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap. The support, uh, messages and constructive feedback, that's just helped me put together 2023. Uh, we started probably not at the start of the year, but we got going there. Um, Timmy Williams, give it the green light uh, to add it to the stable of podcasts for SC Playbook, and we had a really good year. So looking forward to 2024 and bringing you the wrap on Sundays. So we're starting a little bit early. Uh, You're probably thinking to yourself, what is the weekly wrap podcast doing back on so early? But trial started. I was pretty excited by that on the weekend the preseason challenges they call it now, and we thought we'd give listeners a bit of a preview of my thoughts for the upcoming NRL season for 2024. And uh, as I did on the the weekly wrap, it will be a combination of my NRL takes and, of course, plenty of Supercoach-specific talk. And I'll also touch on the trials in this podcast. So obviously the week one trials, uh, you don't have many sides playing their best teams so it's hard to take too much out of it but with Vegas in round zero there was a few more teams that put out fairly good outfits that were close to you know their top 13 and top 17 so we'll have a little bit of a look at that at the end right let's get into it so over the next three weeks uh, as, as as well as giving you my thoughts on the NRL trials over the weekend like I said I'm going to preview each of the 17 teams and give you some fearless predictions, not too uh, out there, but on how they're going to go in the NRL and what individual players I see from their team as being super coach relevant. So we're going to start with the 17th place team, the poor old Tigers, and then we're going to work our way up to the 12th placed team Sorry, today uh, based on the 2023 regular season 
finishing positions on the NRL ladder. Okay, 17th place was the poor old West Tigers. So really battled on and off the field, and uh, the only way is up for them. Uh, I think a good season in 2024 for the Tigers would be an 8-10 to 10 win season. So they're coming off a season where they only won four games. So I think if they can get to 8 or 10 wins, that's going to show that progression there to their supporters and you know all the West Tigers fans and even the players and the coaching staff that they're moving in the right direction. I don't think they'll challenge for the top eight, but... I think there will be improvement there because they've got a pretty decent roster. Biggest question marks for the Tigers, probably Benji as coach. He's very young coach. Uh, he's inexperienced and hasn't really done a conventional NRL coach apprenticeship, which is normally coming through New South Wales Cup or the Queensland Cup or going over to Super League and getting a head coaching position there or at least an assistant position there. I know he spent some time you know, recently under Tim Sheens. But before that, uh, he was basically, you know, he had his own show on Fox Sports. So it's been a really dramatic rise into a head coach position. So I'd have to say that's that's a huge question mark about how he's going to go with that. But uh, I think Tigers fans would be hopeful. And I think the other question mark is the halves. So with all due respect to the Tigers halves pairings last year, I think I heard today when I was listening to the commentary for the trial, they actually went through 14 different combinations of halves in a 27-week season. So that's uh, that's pretty crazy. But I think that they've recruited some, you know, potentially good replacements there in the halves. So they should be significantly improved in that area. And that that's what they really need, okay? So they need Caesar. Sullivan, Galvin, and Finu to really come through for them in the halves position. Apart from Caesar, all of those halves are pretty much unproven at NRL level. I know uh, Bud Sullivan's had a bit of time with St. George, but he certainly hasn't played that much time there. I think Caesar, and again, all due respect, I have a lot of respect for anyone who, who plays NRL, but I think Caesar is a massive upgrade on. Brandon Wakeham. I know that he's coming back from Super League and Super League's an inferior competition, but Wakeham wasn't really a game manager and he got thrown in there and had to play 15 games for the Tigers and most of them as the dominant halfback and I, I think he really struggled and I think that's what they struggle with as well. Uh, so it might have come out in their play as some defensive frailties, but a lot of the games that I watched, it was like a a damn wall breaking like their attack was so ineffective with their fifth tackle options. Would They'd kick the ball dead or they wouldn't put it into a corner. Just those subtle plays that you need the halfback to do, those game manager plays, and that really hurt them. So I think with a dominant halfback, Caesar's got a good kicking game. Uh, he looked good in the trial today, so I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But, yeah, I think that's going to really help the, the Tigers improve in, in 2024. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I, I, my prediction for the Tigers is I think they'll get themselves off the last position on the ladder. I think they'll move up. Uh, how far they move up, I'm not quite sure, but I don't think they can make the eight in 2024. In terms of Supercoach relevant players, it's really tough for the Tigers because they've got the buy in round one. So 
Uh, it's, I mean, combine that with the fact that they got the wooden spoon, then they're probably going to have the play, like their, their side would have the combined least ownership in Supercoach, I'd say. However, like Aiden Caesar, particularly with what he did today in that half of footy, you know, he could play a significant role there. I, I was hoping to see him goal kicking, but then I saw Appy goal kicking, so I was a little bit disappointed. You know, Caesar's priced at 345k. He's a dual halfback 5'8, which is huge because obviously 5'8 is a position that is a bit skinny. It's a bit hard to find someone there. And there's been a lot of chat about that uh, on the podcast with the preseason. But he could be a cheap 5'8 option if he steps up. Again, I'd, I would have liked to have seen him have the goal kick in there. The problem is, we're not really going to know until team list Tuesday before round two. I'm hopeful that, you know, based on what happened today, I know that we're playing, you know, basically a reserve grade Warriors side with a sprinkling of of NRL players. But I think the way that Caesar managed the game was fairly impressive. And I'm not sure if they're going to get that out of any of their young halves. Well, they won't off Sullivan because when Caesar went off, um, they sort of really fell away with their options. So maybe Finu. Um, or Galvin, but I imagine they're both pretty young and you've got a cool head on his shoulders there, Caesar. So he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, so I think some of the other relevant Supercoach players, probably Appy Coruscant. Um, I sort of wrote his name down and then watched the game today and he was just outstanding, the way he stood up and he took them on. So... If he was able to play for sort of 70 to 80 minutes, then I think he'd be a real proposition at hooker. Again, it's a bit like 5'8". It's a bit skinny once you get past Grant and maybe a Jeremy Marshall King, although there's injury concerns over him as well. So uh, I think we'll keep an eye on, on Appy. I mean, again, it's not ideal to be going into round one with any of these players because you want to go into round one and have all scoring players, but it could also be a great pod option uh, for the Tigers players. On to the 16th placed St. George Dragons from 2023. Again, I think like the Tigers, the Dragons will improve on 2023. They only won five games, uh, but I don't think they'll make the eight. Uh, I, I just having a look at them the other day. They don't have enough quality. Um, the biggest question mark for mine is is Tyrell Sloan at fullback. I'm not fully convinced that he's an NRL fullback. I've spoken about this before on the podcast, so listeners are probably you know used to me singing this tune. But you know he's a he's a mercurial player. He, you know he's a brilliant player at times, but just little parts of his games, his positional play in defence. Um, he's got some errors in him in trials. That that's fine. Like you don't read too much into that. But is he talented? Yes, absolutely. Is he polished? No. So there's going to be some growing pains there if they're going to persist with him at fullback. But uh, Shane Flanagan knows what he's doing. So I'm sure if he had a better option, I mean, a lot of people probably screaming out for Zach Lomax to get a crack at it. But I'm still haunted by what he did. Oh, I think it was three or four years ago when uh, Paul McGregor was coach and he put him there for the first three or four games and he persisted with him actually a lot longer than I thought 
uh, Lomax at fullback, and oh, geez, he had some shocking games. But he's probably more mature now. Um, and yeah, like obviously with their center set, he's he's only going to play wing or fullback. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. In terms of um, relevant players to Supercoach, I think Viliami Fafita. Uh, he could be a bargain basement buy uh, at the price of 204K, and he's a dual 2RF and front row forward, so keep an eye out for him. He looked impressive in a really, really short stint, but that also scares me, the fact that he didn't seem to play a lot of time, you know, the Franklin Pele effect, you know, is he just going to be one of those blokes that goes out there and uh, just gets limited time for impact off the bench uh, because he doesn't have the fitness and he might be a liability laterally in defense. That's generally what happens uh, with those type of players, but we'll wait and see. Uh, certainly, I think he'll be in a lot of super coach sides if he's in the 17 for round one, just because that front row position doesn't have a high ceiling and you can get a player in for 204K. In a very short stint he had in the the charity shield, like I said, he he, he looked okay. I mean, uh, he, he was fairly impressive, but it's hard to judge on that sample size. Yeah, and then I'm sort of lost really because there's no other players on their list that overly interest me for Supercoach. Uh, I'll put a fair few on my watch list to keep an eye on for later, but until they show that improvement as a team uh, and consistently, I'm just happy to wait and see with the Dragons. I don't think they're an overly relevant Supercoach team. The only one that I might consider is Jacob Little if he gets an 80-minute hooking role. Uh, He could be a genuine value proposition in that situation, so... Uh, yeah, and and nothing that happened in the in the trial and the charity shield really made my cha- made me change my mind on where I think the dragons will be at the end of twenty twenty four, and also the their super coach relevant players. So okay, on to the bulldogs. So the bulldogs started, well, well ended twenty twenty three with a pretty significant flag clean out, uh, and. You know, I guess they recruited what you'd probably call seasoned campaigners and fringe NRL players. That's probably the best way to put it. So you're looking at your Blake Taff, Liam Knight, Drew Hutchinson, Jamin Salmon, Connor Tracy, all of those players. So they brought in like a heap of them. I don't know if I've ever seen a side do this before, but obviously they they wanted to clean house uh, and they've been able to do that. The real quality three players that they've brought in are, are obviously Stephen Crichton, who is genuinely one of the best centers in the world. And and I don't know if they're considering him playing fullback, but I think he could be a real marquee player of fullback. It's going to be interesting to see which way they go there. Josh Curran, I consider, you know, a semi-elite player. Um, he's right on the edge of it. I think he could be a really good edge back rower and similarly he could be a a good middle player as a lock high volume player uh and Bronson Bronson Zeri you know uh he's been out for three or four years with that drug ban but if you remember back to the way he was tracking when he was with the Cronulla Sharks before he got rubbed out um he's certainly a quality player in my mind 
Uh, and, and obviously, like, another one that they get, and everyone uh, speaks about it, is they get Kickout back, who missed a lot of last year through injury, so he's almost like a, a new recruit. Despite all that, uh, my prediction is I don't think the Bulldogs can win 10 games with that squad. And um, I'm sorry to Bulldogs fans, but I just don't think with their middle forwards as they currently are, unless they can pick up one, two, three quality middle forwards, which doesn't happen before the season or throughout the season, I just don't know how they can compete compete for a top eight spot throughout the year or, you know, even get themselves to 10 wins. So I, that's the main aspect that I have an issue with. The, like their middle forwards are, uh, I'd probably say, unproven, inexperienced uh, as a collective in the NRL. Um, maybe they find some youngsters that can play the position really well, uh, but I doubt it. I, I doubt it. It's not a position. It's a position that that, that they pay a lot of money out of the salary cap for. And the, and the reason for that is because it takes time to develop those players that can play there. You know, every so often you'll get a young player like a Payne Haas that you can roll into your side and, and they're phenomenal players. But even if you think about the early stages of Payne Haas's career, he had a lot of work to do on his defence now to become a polished sort of middle forward and, you know, the great player that he is. So... I can't really see it happening. Um, the other way that they could get around it is probably to have just a culmination of career best years for you know players like Liam Knight, Max King, Puasa, Falmasili, and so on. But yeah, like I said, I, I, I can't see that happening. Um, I think it's a clear weakness. If you look at every other roster, I think it's a clear weakness. I don't know if you could stack up the middle forwards, and I'm talking about, you know, every club needs probably six middle, six to eight middle forwards in their top 30 squad, um, and you want four to six of them to be pretty good quality players, and I think if you stack them up against any other NRL side, they really struggle. Um, and that's even despite having the quality players like Reed Marnie, Burton, Kickout, Crichton, and Curran. And Zeri. Uh, yeah, I'm going to throw it out there. I think they're a value bet for the Spoon. Um, I think the Spoon will be a lot higher. I don't think it'll be four wins. Uh, a team will go that bad. I think it's a lot more even competition, particularly down the back end. Um, so I think, you know, a side like the Bulldogs could win maybe seven or eight games and still get the Spoon. And I think $10 is, a, uh, is definitely a fair price. Anyway, despite that prediction and uh, getting myself a bit of hate from the uh, Bulldogs fans out there, it doesn't. It, I don't have any delight in saying that, by the way, because Ads Darusi, you know, you've probably all read about it, but he is uh, part of the SC Playbook group and he's just taken on board the chairman role at the Doggies. So I do hope they go better than I think they will, but that's just my honest opinion. Uh, but despite that, they've got some players that are that are super coach relevant, so we need to have a look at them. Probably the main one that everyone's talking about is the front row forward, Sam Hughes. Uh, if he gets a start, yeah, um, he could really be a serious option there as a front row forward. I think he played pretty well in the trial, but the Storm was basically a reserve grade side, particularly in the forwards. 
Um, so you have to put that into perspective. But you can only play what's in front of you. And he was pretty good. He nearly scored that try, just dropped it at the end there. I think what is probably more relevant and interests me is, you know, how big of a role is Max King going to get? Because he looks like the main front rower there. I don't know what's happened to Sutton. Um, I don't know if he's back on the scene as well because he was quite a good front rower for Canberra. So he could be one that could could plug up one of those spots. And, you know, he's a fairly seasoned veteran. But, he, but since he's gone to the Bulldogs, he has been a bit disappointing. He could be injured. I'm not... 100% sure with that. Uh, but, yeah, Max King priced at 547K could end up being a 60-minute front row forward, and therefore he, he'd be pretty relevant. He could be punching out some pretty big scores, uh, I think. So we have to keep a close eye on that. And, obviously, Josh Curran, he didn't play in the trial match, but he's in my team at the moment, and uh, I can't see how he doesn't play a prominent role in that side. Um, obviously, he's not going to play edge-back role because you've got Preston on the right and you've got Kikau on the left. But, you know, I could see him playing as a middle forward and then getting some time on the edge if Kikau comes off and plays that 60-minute role that he sort of – that's what he was set for when he played at Penrith. So we'll see there. Bronson Zeri, the same. Um I've got him in my side. I think he'll probably start uh, in the centres, I think, maybe, maybe possibly on the wing. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because they've got a few outside backs there. Um, Young Wilson is is definitely a player too on the wing, so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But if Zeri gets a run in that uh, starting side for round one, then certainly he'll probably be in my side. And then... You've got Drew Hutchinson. I'm going to keep my eye on on him. He's such a base stat gatherer, which is rare in the 5'8 position in Supercoach. I don't think my team makeup will allow me to fit in Karaz, but I do have great respect for the SC Playbook team um, of SC Spy, Desi, and Timmy Williams, who have all been spruiking him up at center wing. And um, I can see the reason why. Like, he was partially injured last year, and, you know, you can see that he could probably improve there. In terms of the Bulldogs' trial versus Melbourne on Thursday night, I thought it was solid, but it it really reconfirmed my position on them. Um, The biggest thing that came out of it was Sam Hughes did play well, but my question is, can he replicate that on a week-to-week basis uh, against NRL forward packs? Uh, so that that's a big question mark for, for a player that's that young and inexperienced. Okay, on to the Gold Coast Titans under new coach Desi Hasler. I think the Titans should improve on their nine wins from 2023, and if that's the case, it probably puts them within striking distance of the bottom of the eight. Uh, I think I think it's possible they could make the eight. I, I wouldn't be putting my money on it. Um they're actually one of the two teams that this year that I'm finding really hard to predict, and that's the Titans and Manly. But I'm going to say they'll finish somewhere between 7th and 11th on the table. That would be my prediction. The biggest question mark is how do they respond to Desi Hasler? Um, he's a bit of a coaching wizard, as we know. He's got different techniques. And the other question mark is how does Brimson go in the centres? He's a quality player. Alex Brimson, and uh, he's making that move from fullback to the centres. So huge question marks over that. A little bit like um, Roger Tuivasa-Shek. 
Uh, in terms of relevant players, Tino, he's a premium front row forward option. Uh, he's got dual position uh, as a 2RF as well, which is perfect. You're just going to have to pay up for him. But I think it's a fair play for super coaches um, that manage their salary cap and they're prepared to pay up for him as well because super coach wise he is the best prop in the game, I believe. He's got that upside where he can crash over for a fair few tries and he often plays bigger minutes uh, like a lot like a lock forward. Um, so whether he's named at 8, 10, or 13. 791.5K is going to put a big dent in some salary caps, though. So it's going to be a big de- big decision for those super coaches when you come to front row forward. Uh, apart from Tino, I mean, Jaden Campbell, a lot of hype in the preseason, a lot of people liking him, but he's going to start the season injured, so I'll put him straight on the watch list with David Fafita, who has some injury concerns. I mean... You could definitely pay up for for David Fafita, but it's not a contract year. I just want to see how he comes out and plays under Desi Hasler and just see, you know, how he's going with his injuries as well. I think he does have a clause in his contract, maybe 12 weeks under the new coach, and then he can decide to go somewhere else as well. But the fact that he's not sort of playing for a contract, which I think he was um, in the last year or two, I think that elevated his game a little bit. Keenan Palacia and Bo Firma are two players that are, are piqued my interest. Um, and they're going to get serious consideration to be in my side for, for round one, depending on where they start. I mean, Firma, yeah, he was playing really good footy before he got injured last year and the, the back end of, of, of 2023. He's an explosive player. Uh, and I think the halves situation's probably got better there at the Gold Coast. So, you know, you've got Foran, who's a great player to run off. He, he, he digs right into the line. And um, if he was running off Foran, geez, um, I think it'd be hard for me to leave Firmore out of my side. Uh, we'll just have to have a look at their trial form. The, um, I'm actually recording this podcast before the Dolphins versus Titans game. Uh, that That's on an... I think it's about six six fifteen New South Wales time. So hopefully this will be out out there to everyone around that time. But the problem with Desi and his trials, Desi Hasler, is he normally treats trials with just contempt, to be honest with you. And he runs out reserve graders. I mean, that's what he did for Manly. I can't remember him really putting out much of a side um, in recent years. I, I could be wrong, but we'll just wait and see what happens with the side next week and their next trial. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, on to the Dolphins. And how will they go in Season 2 after a 13th place finish? It felt like they finished higher up. There was a fair bit of hype about it, but I think because they didn't get those big marquee players like Munster and the like, then a lot of people thought they'll finish a lot lower. So they probably uh, overachieved for their inaugural season. But that's a big question. How can they back it up? They're not coming in as unknowns. They're not going to be able to upset people now. Um, you know, teams know their game. So that's a big question. I think all things point to an improved season for the Dolphins that, you know, the two signings that they've got from the Brisbane Broncos, Flegler and Herbie Farmworth, they are serious quality players. And, you know, Timmy Williams has been talking about it all preseason. Hammer so Tabuai Fido, the hammer, he is on a steep, steep trajectory with his play. I mean, every time I see him play, I feel like he gets better. Um, he does things so easily and... He's sort of on the precipice of elevating himself into a that real elite category. So if he can step it up again this year, he could elevate himself into that elite category of fullbacks in the game. And that should translate to pretty good super coach output. So in terms of where I'm tipping them to finish, I'm going to say the Dolphins finish between 8th and 12th position. So we'll see how I go with that. Uh, looking at the Supercoach relevant players for the Dolphins, you've got Jack Bostock. If he can nail down that that wing spot, he's probably in a battle with Tessie New at the moment. I mean, I think they're both maybe placeholders because the Dolphins, I think, have signed Tupu from the West Tigers, who's he's an immense talent, um, and he'll go there in 2025. So... But it's an opportunity for, for Bostock if he's in that round one side. He's tall, he's rangy, he looks like a pretty good finisher. 314K, I probably won't be going there. I'll be looking at other options because I don't think he'll have a really great base. He doesn't look like a player that's going to take a lot of hard carries out of out of trouble. He might take a carry, but I don't think um, you know he, he'll be sort of tackle break for variety, type, Greg Marzu type player. Uh, Tom Flegger at this stage is... Probably one that looks like being in my side. I expect um, he'll have an increased role from what he did at the Broncos. It's always hard to know with Bennett. Um, he's notoriously a coach that super coaches would stay away from forwards in his packs. So we'll see if that continues this year. But I think he, he's probably going to be a value proposition. I mean, you know, he's coming from a side where he had Pat Carrigan and Payne Haas that would eat up a lot of those middle forward minutes. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens with, with Flegler. Jeremy Marshall King, probably a top three hooker in, in Supercoach for sure. I think he was the second uh, best hooker last year. He's a serious consideration. There is an injury concern around him, but he is a serious consideration, particularly if he starts to get some quicker play of the balls. He's really crafty around the ruck and, um, yeah, I have a lot of respect for him. You have to pay up a little bit for him, though. And I think if I'm going to pay up for a hooker, it's probably going to be Harry Grant, but uh, time will tell. 
the hammer, as we spoke about, price at 600K, like I said, he could explode if the Dolphins start the season well. I mean, he's capable of those middling to lower scores as well, but, you know, I would probably be having a look at the hammer for, you know, like just maybe a lazy five bucks on top try scorer. And, yeah, yeah, there's a possibility that he could make it into my side. Uh, yeah, we won't really know how they go in the trial. Like I said, Desi hasn't named much of a side to play against them anyway, so I don't think you're missing out on too much. But I will know next week, and if I pick up anything, uh, I'll, I'll let you know anything from that Dolphins versus Titans trial. Okay, on to Manly. They weren't off far off the finals footy last year, but uh, actually... If you look at the table, just looking at it now, they were only a win and a draw off eighth place Canberra. So probably almost as close as you could be. Coming into season 2024, she says a lot of hype around the Seagulls. So I don't know if I'm listening to um, Desi Creek. Shout out to Desi, 2019 Supercoach champion. Uh, but, yeah, he, he certainly hyped up about his Seagulls, so we'll see how they go. It's understandable because, I mean, Tom Trebojevic, when not injured, is one of the true, true elite players of the NRL. And I can understand that people get excited, particularly with the way he trains and, and the way he plays. Um, he's such a threat. And if he's fully fit, we've well, we've seen what he can do in the past. Plus, on top of that, they've added Luke Brooks, who's, yeah, he, he seems to get a lot of hype from the media as well. Um, you know, whether it's good or bad stories, he, he just seems to be a media, media magnet there. So that's why they're getting a lot of hype, the Manly Seagulls. Big question mark for me is the same as, as it's been for the last two or three years. Can Tommy Turbo get through the season relatively free of injury? Stands to reason that if he does, there's a huge chance Manly will make the top eight. So if he doesn't, that will make it very tough for the Seagulls. But I've seen there in the trial, they've picked up the kid who was the heir apparent to Kalen Ponger over at Newcastle. I think his name's Hodgson, maybe Bailey Hodgson. And he looked pretty good in the trial. He looks light and young, but he might be a good backup option for them. I, I still believe like Garrick's, you know, a great backup option at fullback. And you've got Tolatau Cooler who killed it there at the back end of the season at fullback. So they have got options there if Tommy Turbo goes down. But touch wood for fans and Supercoach fans that he doesn't. So priced at $277,400 and available at 2RF and center wing is... Ben Trebojevic. He's looked likely in the trials. I mean, you wouldn't be picking him probably on his defensive efforts because they're sometimes a little bit suspect. But with the continued speculation about Josh Schuster and his health, I mean, possibly Ben Trebojevic could get that left edge spot. I mean, he's not going to beat Ola Kawatu into the side, so it's just going to be... Schuster or him on that left edge. But, yeah, Schuster seems to pick up these niggling injuries from time to time, so we'll see how they go. Tommy Talau's another one um, who'll probably be in my side if he gets named starting centre for the for the Vegas game in round zero, uh, mainly because Manly are a fairly attacking side. He's pretty lowly priced. 
Um, and I think he's he's probably a, a definite value proposition. Uh, Luke Brooks, Garrick, and Olakuatu, probably too expensive for my the makeup of my side, but couldn't knock them to people that want to have a crack at them. I'm going to keep them on my watch list, keep a close eye on them throughout the season. Uh, and then that just leaves Tommy Turbo. At the moment, my number one priority player at fullback and in the whole Supercoach game is Kalen Ponga. I just feel like he's going to have a great season. Um, he'll be in my side, no doubt. Do I partner him with Turbo or do I look at Pappy or Teddy? That's a big question. So leaning towards Pappy at this stage, even though the Storm have a tough draw, that could change. Um, Tommy Turbo might just be too hard to resist for me. Manly's trial against the Roosters. Manly were pretty impressive, to be fair. Um, they were against basically a full-strength Roosters side. Um, I thought Tommy Talau, Ben Trebojevic, and Nathan Brown were probably all impressive for Manly out of that trial. Okay, before I go into my five players to watch from the trials, just so that you know, if you are keen on your super coach and you're keen to be part of a cash competition for Classic overall, so just basically whoever finishes with the most points. Um, there's a, throw, a, a few of us, a few numbers building now. I'm running a cash comp, $50 entry. Uh, hopefully we get up to a heap of entries and have a big post, at the, uh, have a big pot there for the winner and maybe... If we get enough entries, we'll have maybe a second or third prize as well. I've um, got about a, a dozen at the moment, but it's pretty early days. We're hoping to get sort of around the 50 to 100, so it could be like maybe two and a half to 5,000 as the prize pot. Um, if you are keen, just, just hit me up on the WhatsApp or Twitter or X or whatever it's called, um, and I'll, I'll give you details for that. Okay, on to the five players to watch from the trials. To be honest, I was impressed in the trials by three teams in particular, Knights, Warriors, and Roosters. The Roosters, not so much that they played that well, but it's the intent there. Like the intent of their pregame conversations is totally different to what they've had traditionally. So traditionally under Robinson, um, they're a team that starts the season slow, almost purposefully, uh, and builds into it. They focus on their defense, don't really care about their attack, and they're making a conscious effort. You know, they've said it in their interviews, and also you could see it in the trials. They're making a conscious effort to really start the season fast. It's going to be fascinating to see how that change of tactics across the whole season affects the Roosters, you know, at the front end, middle, and back end. But how it affects the Roosters uh, players' super coach scoring, I think it could have you know, a really positive effect on, say, Sam Walker, uh, Tedesco, and players of that ilk. We'll just have to wait and see there. Okay, my five players to watch. Number one from the Newcastle Knights, Will Price. Yeah, sure, Cronulla didn't throw up much of a team against them, but he came on, and he did come in, come on mainly in the second half, I think, but, geez, he looked good. He came on at fullback. He looks electric. Uh, I liked a lot of the things he did. I know Timmy Williams is talking about him starting at 5'8 for Knights. I don't see it. Um, personally, I think that is a possibility. His only possibility to get into the team is probably that right wing position that was vacated by Dom Young. Um, and I'm interested to see what they do. He looks like too good a player to be playing in New South Wales Cup. So we'll see what happens there with Young Price. 
And the reason why I don't think he'll be 5'8 is my player to watch number two, Jack Cogger. So he's going to push super hard for the top six spot uh, to, to, to get that six spot there for the Knights, um, mainly because of his ability to run that shape that all the teams are running and he squares up opposition defenders so well. Uh, you know, you think of ball players like Kieran Foran, Sean Johnson, they're some, they are some of the best players that can square up. Even, you know, Isaiah Yo and a Cam Murray to hold up that opposition defensive line. And he does that so well. So impressed with him when he came on in the grand final and also with what he did in that trial there. Even though it was against um, a, a fairly sort of depleted Cronulla Shark side. So I think he probably. I think he's going to really push to start at number six, and he's a goal kicker as well, so possibility he could take that off Ponga. Um, yeah, he's definitely a player to watch. Priced at 463500 and available to halfback. If he could get that 5'8 dual, serious consideration if he starts in for the Knights in week one. Player three to watch, Roger Tuavasa-Shek. Jeez, was he impressive today against the Tigers? And the Tigers played their full strength side pretty much. There was only Bateman missing, um, and and uh, possibly Stafford Tower. I think will work his way into that center position. But I'm considering getting him in. I, I, I'm going to have a real good look at his price. I mean, five hundred. I think he's five hundred forty thousand. So it's really tough to get a center like that. But what he did was so quality. It was just so quality. I'm actually considering changing my name back to RTS Pongers, which was what I used to call my team back in the day in 2019 when I had the uh, the finish finish second to Desi overall. So because I think this is the year where Ponga can have a really big year and so can Roger Tuivasa-Shek. He looked big. He looked strong. He looked elusive. Uh, and he appeared to handle that left-center position really well. That would leave a shootout for the right centre position at the Warriors between Ali Lauatea and Rocco Berry. Lauatea, I'm not going to talk about him much on this podcast because we're nearly finished, but I'll talk about him a bit more when we get to the Warriors in a couple of weeks' time. He is a absolute star of the future, I have no doubt. Uh, he is going to be a very good centre. So I think he's going to push Rocco Berry for that right centre position at the Warriors. Player four to watch, I couldn't split these. James Tedesco and Ryan Pappenhausen, they both looked impressive in their games and will definitely give super coaches something to think about before round one other than the Ponga-Turbo combination. That is is obviously going to be so popular. But, yeah, Tedesco, I could see him definitely being a value proposition because he's come back fit and fast and mobile. Again, they played a depleted Manly side, so you just got to keep your powder dry a little bit on that one, but he did look really good. The last one, uh, number five, is again I've doubled up here with two young Warriors that I was really impressed with. Um, I'll try not to focus on the Warriors too much, but I was impressed with their trial today, even though they lost to the West Tigers. They had a player sent off for the majority of the game, but there's an edgeback rower called Jacob LeBan. And he could be 
he could seriously challenge Jackson Ford for that edge back rower position. I, I truly believe that. He looked really good. Um, and there was a middle forward. He's probably a bit further off this lad, but maybe just because of his age. Lekka Halasima. Um, yeah, mark those names down because I think they're going to be serious players of the future. Okay, well, that'll pull us up for this week of the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap. Next week, I'll be having a deeper dive into the Week 2 trials, which are generally the better standard trials. Um, and we'll be looking at teams that finished 11th to 6th last year. So that's the Cowboys, the Parramatta Eels, South Sydney Rabbitohs, Raiders, Roosters, and Sharks. Thanks for listening, crew. I'll catch you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 